Hello, this is Matt Liley with Current Church, and this is the Wavemaker Podcast. Got your squeaky chair on. Squeaky chair. chair on. Yeah. Got it all. Got all the squeaks out of it. Well, cool. All right, so today we're here with Pastor Bill, Mr. Bill Brown, Senior Bill. Good morning. Um, and for those of you who don't know, he is the Associate Pastor of Current Church in mm. Collinsville, America. Um, and he's a pretty cool guy. He is an LSU fan, so... Got my hoodie on this morning. The week that we're recording this, uh, every OU fan is also an LSU fan, <laughs> so you guys are friends this week. Um, so, today I just kind of want to talk to you about about what you do and who you are, and then we'll get into some other stuff kind of about um, some things that I know that you do and you're passionate about. So, first of all, who who is Bill Brown? Short version of who you are, or long version, either way, who you are and what you do. Well, Bill Brown is a guy who gets in trouble a lot. <laughs> and it's usually for the stupid things that I say <laughs> from the pulpit I was or say if anyone was here um, Sunday December 8th they 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 know <laughs> <laughs> they saw me in action <laughs> and Kim sitting on the front row of course is uh, giving me the eyes of hey I can't believe you just said that and so you'd have to go back and check it out but I won't go into all that. I got in <laughs> trouble for that. So, anyway, um, Kim and I are the the associate pastors here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I have one son. His name is Jacob, and he is a senior in high school this year. He'll be graduating this year. So, life is expensive. And exciting at the Brown House right now. So we're getting ready for Christmas right now, and uh, as far as I know, that's going pretty well. At the church, I am uh, a full-time employee of the church at Current, and my role here is pretty much on the administration side, even though you see me a lot at the pulpit, on stage, um, during services. My main role here is behind the scenes. I run most of our HR, um, our human resources at Current, uh, which encompasses a lot. I oversee all of our accounting and bookkeeping um, I head up our board of directors and try to keep us organized. I always <laughs> laugh and say, Pastor Jim is the guy who dives off of the cliff without looking or asking or making sure we have a parachute. And I am the guy behind the scenes making sure that our parachute's open <laughs> and that we have them on. And so a lot of 
planning and thinking and um, getting ready for our next adventure on the backside for sure. That's awesome. And I, what's cool is, you know, with Pastor Jimmy, when we did his podcast, I sent him all the questions I was going to ask him like a week before so he could prepare. And he's, he's the real spontaneous guy. He doesn't care about preparing as much because um, he's just on the fly, goes 100 miles an hour. Um, Pastor Bill, on the other hand, is uh, more of a planner. And I didn't uh, send him any of the questions I was going to ask him or any of the stuff we're going to talk about today just to see if I could throw him off, and it's not working. <laughs> and he's he's already reading the script, and he doesn't have it in front of him. So that's that's awesome. So you're trying to challenge me. I'm trying to morning. challenge him. Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to throw him off so you get the, the most real Bill Brown that you can. Trying to keep me young and <laughs> alive. fresh. Um, so what, so kind of tell us how you got to be involved with the church, uh, um, capital C, mm-hmm. you know, the capital church overall. Um, how did you get involved with that and kind of why? Um, what brought you to full-time ministry? Um, where did you come from growing up? Where, you know, what, what kind of background do you have and all that kind of stuff? Well, I grew up in a, my family's been in church, uh, Christians, my whole life. Um, I grew up in a very Christian home, very good values, very solid, stable home. And even though I was rebellious, uh, I did not get born again until I was uh, in my early 20s, maybe even 20. Wound up cashing in and and coming to the Lord and selling out for Him um, and committed my life to Him. I married Kim when I was 21 and we started going to church at that time and we were going to a, a a pretty solid Assembly of God church. I come from very strong Assembly of God background. Um, and we were going to a church here in Collinsville at the time. And I went and visited. At the time, there was a small church. Um, pastor Jim was not the pastor at the time his grandmother was the pastor and it was called miracles of faith and it was a little block church when you walked in the back door at the church you you were basically in the sanctuary everyone in the sanctuary turned around to see who came in the front door so very small church we went and visited the holy spirit began to deal with me about committing to, at the time, Miracles of Faith Church. And, of course, I was very resistant to that. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, um, no, this is not (laughs) for me. And so I left, resisted um, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and went back to our 
old church, and they were in the middle of, seemed like, revival there. And Kim and I were such, we were thinking, we're, we're dying here. Something's wrong. And, you know, everyone is, is really in the middle of the move of God, and Kim and I feel like we're in the middle of the desert. And I have a dream one night. And in my dream, at the back of Miracles of Faith Church, which was what we were before we changed our name to Current. There was a water fountain in the back of this little church. And when you walked in the door, it was right there and at the back door. And it was always known to be one of the coldest water fountains ever. You know, just one of those ones where the, the water is just ice cold. So you're talking like like elementary school style yeah. one, not not yeah. like decorative water fountain exactly this is a drinking fountain drinking water fountain and i was standing outside of the church in my dream and i can just remember being so thirsty i was thinking as soon as i walk in that back door i am going to drain that water fountain and when i opened the door in my dream to the back of the church, the water fountain was gone. It wasn't there. And I looked up front, and Pastor Jim was kneeling at the altar, praying with someone. And next to him was the water fountain. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, if you want if you're thirsty, you go where I tell you to go. And you do what I tell you to do. And so when I woke up, I realized, okay. I get it. I'm either going to die where I'm at <laughs> or I'm going to follow where the Lord wants me to go. And you know, the church at that time was probably, you know, on a good day. 35 or 40 people, mm -hmm. you know. And so I felt like it was as low as we could go, you know. <laughs> uh, we're coming from a, a larger, thriving church, and I'm like, Lord, we're backing up here. You know, I'm supposed to progress <laughs> in life. But, you know, sometimes when we progress with the Lord, it may look like we're backing up. Mm-hmm. But it is never a step backwards when you follow the Holy Spirit. And so I repented and committed to current. We began going there full time. I said current, but it was Miracles of Faith at the time. And during that process, uh, Jim became pastor, took the church from his grandmother. We added on. Kim and I were youth pastors, uh, worked in every area of the church, and began to grow, began a growth pattern. And we eventually bought a new building. It was over on Maple Street in Collinsville next to the football field, and more than doubled our size. 
continued to grow. And, of course, I was working outside of the church. I was mm-hmm. just volunteer pastor at the time. I was youth pastor still when we made the move to Maple. And during that transition, I, like I said, working full-time um, for an aircraft company in Tulsa. I had worked my way up at that aircraft company and became the operations manager for that company and saw a growth explosion there as well. Um, We shot up to about 250 employees. And life was good. Life was good for me. Life was good for the church. Rocking and rolling. And in 2011, I told Kim, before the Lord comes back, I would really love to pursue my passion. My passion has always been ministry. It's always been seeing lives changed. Mm -hmm. And little did I know that was a thought, a desire that was planted by the Holy Spirit because... Mid-2011, in June, um, we had a new president take over the company that I was working for, and he brought in all his own management team. And, of course, they offered me a position in the company that was different from where I was. And... I opted to leave the company. And when I left, of course, this was through much prayer and hearing what God had to say. And when I left, the Holy Spirit told me to show up at Pastor Josh. And so we did not have the money to pay me. Um, I was president of the board at the time. I was the associate pastor at the time. I knew all the ins and outs at Current. And I knew that we did not have a salary, (laughs) an extra salary. And so I really questioned the Holy Spirit. Of course, God's faithful. When we ask him and Mm -hmm. he's prompting us, you know, he'll send us confirmation. And Everything said, you show up at Current. So I did. I was faithful. Um, I wound up being self-funded at Current. By that, he means not getting paid. Yeah, for the first five months. And so I have never been without a cash flow, paying, good paying job in my life. And so I had a a savings. Um, I had a severance from my company as well. And began burning through that money, um, paying myself to come work for Current Church. 
And every time I would try to think, I, I've got to go find a job, I've got to find something. This is great, this is fun, but I, you can't live <laughs> without a paycheck. Seems and so, yeah. So every time I would try to bail, um, jump off the ship, the Holy Spirit would stop me. And I can remember one time walking into the bank. This was probably about four months in to working at Current, being self-funded. I walked into the bank thinking I've got to do something. Um, getting cold feet, getting nervous. All of my savings disappearing quickly. And I walked into the bank, and as I walked in the door, Pastor Tammy, who is our assistant pastor, one of our assistant pastors, she called me as I was walking in the bank. And when I walked in the door, the phone begins ringing. I answer it. Pastor Tammy says, Bill, what are you doing? I'm like, what What do you mean, what am I doing? She's like, well, I feel like you are, something's wrong. I feel like you're getting ready to make a mistake. Or, <laughs> and, of course, I, you know, here I am, Matt, trying to provide for my family and do what I feel like is the right thing to do what I've been raised to do, what scripture says to do. And God will not let me. And so I'm frustrated. And I'm frustrated. I, I'm sure Tammy that day thinking, you know, this Man, thing. He was really angry at yeah, me. Yeah, why, why is he so mad at me? But I'm just like, okay, all right. So I hang up the phone after talking to Tammy briefly, and I leave. I don't even go inside the building. I turn around and leave the bank. And it was about a 30-minute drive to home. And you have to know that on the way home, I was having some serious conversations with the Lord. And in a nutshell, I told the Lord, being disrespectful to the Holy Spirit. Right. But telling him exactly what you think because he knows your thoughts and he's there anyway. Yeah. So you might as well just fess up. You might as well just give it up. And I can remember saying on the way home as I was praying, Lord, I'm trying to do what I feel like is right. And you're not letting me. This is on you. For the record, if I go down here, if I, if I fail here, this is you. This is on you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to provide for my family. And what I was trying to do at the bank that day was uh, get a loan to start a small business. To make a long story short, within a month of me saying,
saying, okay, I will do whatever you say, even if it is threatening. Mm-hmm. Threatening my, my life right yes. now, my my family's well-being. <laughs> Within a month, Matt, uh, we had a church in town call us and say that they were equally, almost equal size as we were. They had a building, they had a couple of buildings. As a matter of fact, it's the property that we're sitting on today. Um, the pastor called Pastor Jim and was retiring and wanted to merge our churches and let us take over the congregation. And so overnight, bam, bam, <laughs> um, provision was made. And six months after I started to work at Current, following the Lord, I drew my first paycheck. (laughs) That's awesome. And so God has been faithful. The church has, you know, since then we've built a very nice sanctuary. Very nice. You should come see it sometime. Yes. (laughs) And uh, I've been here 25 years since the day I walked in the, the, that small block church. Since the day that you guys first visited, Kurt? Yes. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Been here 25 years. Um, you know, we were youth pastors for years and years, <laughs> and now seeing the young people that were in our youth group in this church with bringing their kids that's awesome is so rewarding looking at them thinking about the seeds that were sown in their lives i look at kim all the time and say you know what it's been worth every minute that's awesome to work and sow into people's lives and see them change and you know sometimes we work in the ministry and we think that we're really not doing that much, but we you're don't reading, realize you're how. Reading my script right now. We don't realize how powerful those seeds are. You know, we don't realize mm-hmm. where all of that is going and the fruits that are going to come forth from the the things that we decide we're going to give to the Lord. And so I've That's been very awesome. blessed here. I am so supernaturally blessed um you know we had a one of our missionaries came and spoke at the church not very long ago and he said people ask him all the time you know how, how did you get what you have how how did you get the blessings in your life that you have and he says i you know the only thing that i can tell you is that whatever God tells you to do, do it. Just do it. Just do it. And that will open up blessings in your life, and that will enrich you in so many ways. Um, You know, I say it all the time from the pulpit, but I thank the Lord for the things that only He has. That's right. And I am a rich man today, Matt. That's awesome. That's cool that you you feel that way and that, through all of that, that you were, you say you stuck with it, and even though 
you know, stuff didn't look as promising as it could have, um, that you're still here and that you're still listening and doing what he's telling you to do. That's really a really cool thing because I just, that whole time that you were um, telling that story about um, leaving that aircraft company and everything was, I just kept thinking, man, it's amazing how we will hear what, what God says and we, we want to do it and we're good to go for it. And, you know, if God says, go up to this person and tell him to have a Merry Christmas or whatever, mm-hmm. things like that or things that might make us look kind of funny to other people, we'll do it. But then when it comes to money, we're like, are, are, you, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Do you really want me to do that? Like, I don't have a job. And, and right. he, you know, he's not a respecter of bank accounts. He doesn't care about that, um, obviously. Um but no, that's super cool. A couple things. Ever since I heard that story about Tammy calling you, every time that my phone rings and it says Tammy, I immediately just stop and like start <laughs> evaluating what I'm doing. Like, crap, am I about to do something really stupid? Like, if she, Lord, what are you trying yeah, to say? If, she, if, if I answer this and she says, what are you doing? I'm going to know <laughs> whatever I'm doing, do the opposite. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but no. So I th- I think of that quite often if she calls. Usually it's how do I turn the lights on in the sanctuary or yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then the other thing that I was gonna say is that you've been um, involved with Current for twenty five years. I'm only twenty five years old. <laughs> wow, Matt, that's awesome. Uh, so just to give everybody a little context, Bill's older than I am. I just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. All right, so I said earlier that you were reading my script, and you basically did um, segue for me. Um, so my next kind of question um, goes with all of that, I feel like. Um, I just want to ask you, you know, kind of about what your vision is for the church as a whole, not really current church necessarily, although the things we do are related to current church. Um, but just kind of the church as a whole, you know, followers of Jesus, what is, where, where are we heading? Where is the church heading? Um, you know, what are we, where should we be heading? Um, what do you think that it should be? What, what is your belief as far as what church should be? And I know that we're kind of in a season here at current of trying to head towards, uh, not head towards technology, but kind of get caught up with technology and get, um, the live stream thing, you know, we're everybody's everybody's doing that. We have a lot of people who watch online um, already, um, and we're just kind of trying to enhance that and catch up with that so that people that can't be here are here. I know that we have a specific vision about um, what streaming does for the church, where it shouldn't replace church, but um, it's a good tool. So, what just kind of speak towards what you believe the church should should be headed towards as a whole? You know, I I, I think you know, Matt. We do a lot of planning. Um, we we just last year wrapped up our uh, another five year planning session, and one of the questions that we asked was, "Where's the church going?" When I say that, I mean church of the future. Mm-hmm. Where, what is church going to look like in ten years? Right. You know? And so, I mean, we don't know for sure, you know. But the way technology is heading, you know, I believe that we need to stay relevant 
to the times. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not necessarily veer from there. There are some things that we will never, that I believe we should never veer away from. Mm-hmm. And that is the assembling of ourselves together. I believe that um, it is so important for a member of the body of Christ to be an active member. And that means that church is not necessarily about me. Mm -hmm. It is not me getting my needs met. It is about me being others-minded and putting other people before myself. And in doing so, we have promises from the Lord that um, he will keep us and that he will bless us. And so when we, you know, there's a scripture and there's a story that uh, where um, the prophet goes and asks uh, for the widow's last bit of food and of course you know I'm sure in her mind um, (laughs) she was thinking how dare you ask you know I gotta eat man this has got to be for me for sustaining me and you know sometimes that's the way we feel but in doing putting God first putting him first um, it sustained her life Mm mm-hmm and God used her seed to um, provide for her and her son during time of famine. And you know what? When we give as part of the body of Christ, we preserve ourselves mm-hmm. and our families. And I believe we do that through sowing seeds and ministry and putting other people first and and enriching other people's lives and that's hard to do when you're not assembled together yeah very hard to do when you're isolated out by yourself kind of islanding and so i you know i have people all the time try to get me to justify them and saying that um it's okay to not go to church and you know i always say well it may not be a heaven or hell issue (laughs) right you can be a Christian. You can believe in Jesus yes. without going to a church yes. physically. But if you truly want to be blessed, if you truly want the best things in life, mm-hmm. you've got to be others-minded. You've got to begin to sow into other people's lives. And that means uh, being committed to a mm-hmm. church body, being committed to a church, and assembling together. However... One of the things on our our sign out front is um, that we are powerful, mm-hmm. we are relevant, and we are real. And I love those three words um, because I believe we should always be real. Mm-hmm. We can't play games spiritually and put on facades and truly be who God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. You know, as a pastor, I want people to see that I have struggles too. That I am not different than you. That I am not better than you. That I deal with the same things, the same shortcomings. 
I believe we get that by being real with each other and not putting on church faces. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember, I'll tell you a funny story. Kim and I get out of the car one Sunday morning and we were walking up to the door. And I had done something that I do at least 20 times a week. Made Kim mad somehow. <laughs> Did something that got me in trouble. And Kim is letting me have it as we walk up to the front door. She's chewing me up one side and down the other. When we open that front door, one of the ushers is standing there. And Kim shifts from ripping me up one <laughs> side and down the other to, Hi, good morning. How are you? And I, in front of the guy, just cracked up laughing. And I said, did you just see her chewing me out as we were walking up to the door? And he just busted up laughing. And you know what? I believe we have to be real. And the other words on there are relevant. Mm-hmm. I believe we have to be relevant. And that means to me, we've got to stay up with the times. Mm-hmm. And so do, I believe church will be different and will look mm-hmm. different. Who knows, maybe someday um, we will be sitting in a virtual right. church service. Some type of like virtual reality. Yeah, where I could be able to virtually look over at Matt sitting <laughs> next to me, but at the same time be in my living room. I mean, I don't know. We could be. Or we could be watching Pastor Jim on a, some sort of hologram. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but we are off, definitely taking steps, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Matt putting you on board has been huge um, towards getting us relevant with society today. And, and you know, through social media, um, through uh, podcasts and uh, all the other things that come along with what you spend your days doing. I just play with computers all day. Yeah, yeah. The funny part is I hate computers. I am so thankful for you being here. I told Kim this morning that I was going, that I had a podcast. We were going to run a podcast this morning. And I said, you know, when, when we put, when we asked Matt to come be part of the team, I said, I, he has so far out ran my vision (laughs) um, that I am just blown away. And so I believe we have to stay relevant with the times, Matt. Mm -hmm. Church is changing, and for us to think that we're going to be the same, you know, we struggled. We had people that Mm -hmm. really struggled with and still ask, can we sing out of the hymnals, you know? (laughs) Right, right. Can we bring the hymnals back? Can we... Bring the pews back, and, and, you know. If you want to move the pews for all the events we have in this church, <laughs> be my guest. We'll go back to pews. But. Yeah, if you volunteer to move them, we might consider bringing <laughs> them back. And there's a story where uh, Jesus goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration, and I always refer to this. And when they go to the Mount, 
Moses appears, and mm-hmm. I think it was Elijah appears, and um, the disciples are just taken back, witnessing what's happening here. And Peter says, Lord, let's let's build three tents here. You know, he's thinking, yeah. I've arrived. We've arrived. This is it, man. Let's just stay right here. This is perfection. <laughs> and Jesus was like, no. <laughs> and so we've always got to be moving forward, mm-hmm. not losing sight of um, the main fundamentals. Right, right. Um, but also being relevant yeah, to I mean, the times. It, uh, I, I, Paul makes it pretty clear. I feel like in the Bible that you know that he that we're supposed to stay. We're not supposed to be of the world, but we don't have a choice whether or not we live here. Right. And so the world is changing so much in the last. You know, we were talking about this the other day. You know, just. 10, 12 years ago, we didn't have the iPhone or smartphones, really. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. I think, you know, I think back to when I was a kid, like, my mom getting a flip phone was, like, the coolest thing. Like, holy yeah. crap, they have a cell phone. Like, that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. You can call people. And I'm not very old. And so just in the you know in my lifetime i remember go- when we first got dial up internet like we thought that was incredible we got internet that's dial up and then it was like oh but now we're moving to wireless so i got to kind of see that 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 change in the world but we were maddie and i were talking about it the other day about how it wasn't very long ago in the span of you know say just just the united states you know we're here we're here a couple hundred years and it's pretty um what's the what's the word stable progression we're mm-hmm. pretty pretty stable in our progression in our um advance of technology um but then it's like we hit 2007 or so and it just blew up and we just went from blew. we went from you know staying in 1991 <laughs> to now we're in like the year 3030 like there's all kinds of crazy stuff tupac is on tour and he's dead like he's yeah. he's got they got a hologram tour of Tupac. Like, what are we doing here? And so, it's just kind of amazing that you know, all that change happened so quickly, and the digital age hit, and we're just here, and yeah. that's that's what our life is about. You know, we can't be we can't do it. You can't do any type of work without running a computer or having right. a smartphone. Um, it's it's amazing how many people have smartphones. It's like in the 80% or something of people have smartphones and it just blows my mind. Um, but with that being said, like, I just think it's super important that we do keep up with the times. And, and I believe that, you know, um, God gave us these tools. Um, I also believe that these tools can be very harmful to our society and all that. Um, but I think like what you said, just keeping the fundamentals in it and keeping, the interpersonal relationships and like you know the family aspect and this is a this is a body we're all all here for each other um it's not just about me um if you can keep that mindset and keep that you know heart condition or whatever you want to call it um and then still use the technology still utilize it um use it as a tool to help you in that um use it as a tool to help you be others minded like you said 
then it's the coolest thing because, you know, I think about it a lot about how, what would Jesus do if he had a Facebook right now? Like what, you know what I mean? Like what would his Facebook look like? Yeah. Or, you know, how, not that he couldn't do this stuff already, he's Jesus, but, you know, how much could he have utilized a cell phone? Like mm-hmm. text, text him and say, hey, I know Lazarus is gone, but I'll be there. Don't worry. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that that type of stuff, like, you know, what what would Jesus think about this? And and he already knows that it's here. He's cool with it. Yes. Um, I believe that he put it here. He, he allowed it to be created, put it in somebody's mind, um, inspired that just so that we can um, reach, reach more and reach further and more effectively reach. That's exactly right. And, you know, whether we as the church like it or not, the rest of our world is conforming to this digital social media stuff. And so we would be really dumb to not try to keep up with that since, you know, this is the, the business of people. We're here for the world. Yes. Um, you know, we're not here for just the, the people who already think like us. We're here to try to, you know, understand other people and, and in that, let other people understand where we come from and where we're headed. For sure. Um, and I just think that that's a really big thing to keep in mind with the church as a whole is that whether we like it or not, like I said earlier, I hate computers. Like, I would love to go back to a day where we don't have as much computer anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, the rest of the world loves computers, and that's all they care about is computers and smartphones and Facebook and Instagram. And, and if we're uh, if we're in the business of people, yeah, know. yeah, you can't, uh, yeah, you're not gonna sell shoes at a hair and makeup store. Right. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not gonna be able to to do that. Um, you're not gonna go to the beach and sell snow skis. So you should should probably get it figured out what what you're selling um, and who your who your target audience and market is. Um, and with that, also. You know, you read this earlier, too, without reading it. Um, I want to talk to you about kind of planning, um, not necessarily like planning processes or anything, but just about the importance of planning, um, the value you see in it, what what your perspective is on how important it is to plan and how necessary it is, um, and then kind of how how do you balance that strict regimen of planning with the fact that we live in an ever-changing world and that you know things move things change how do you how do you balance the planning with the spontaneous and with the reactionary way that we have to live life yeah that's a really good question matt i i'm not 100 percent sure how to answer <laughs> that but god has surrounded me i am uh, an analytical off the chart when we had Bill Brown tested, I mean, there was a couple of people that ranked um, as high as I did. One of them was Spock. Um, <laughs> and so, Mr. Spock from Star Trek, I am analytical as high as you can get. And so, planning comes easy to me, and it's very logical to me, and I believe it's hugely And we talk about often, we meet once a week, uh, or once a month, I'm sorry, not once a week, but 
once a month we meet as a board of directors and you know some of the things that we talk about is um, our five-year plans and how each one of our five-year plans the last time that we sat down and made our five-year plans it had only been about three and a half to four years since our previous five-year plan. And we had already accomplished everything that was written on our previous five-year plan. Mm -hmm. So within three and a half, three to three and a half years, um, we had accomplished those things. And I believe that when we begin to I say this all the time to our leadership group. The only way to have forward progress um, is intentionally. Mm-hmm. And so growth is intentional. Intentional Forward progress is intentional. Um, I think we've all been at stages in our life where we were working hard. And we were uh, putting tons of energy and time and feeling tired at the end of the day, but not really getting anywhere. And I believe if we don't have a plan, if we're not good planners, if we don't intentionally say, you know, I'm going from here to there, Mm -hmm. and I say this, in our directors' meetings all the time, the first thing you do when you decide I'm going somewhere, I'm going to take a trip, is set your destination. Mm -hmm. And that's called planning. Right. That is the first thing that you do is figure out where am I going and then how am I going to get there? What's the route that I'm going to take? Right, right. And so I believe that's so important, Matt, for – forward progression, um, being intentional with it. And that comes through planning and um, getting everybody's thinking caps on and and listening to the Holy Spirit and figuring out where are we going as a church and setting our sails to do that Mm -hmm. and taking steps to do that. And always God is faithful. And uh, along the way, you know, I God has surrounded me with very spontaneous people. And I crack up laughing and tell them all the time that it's a good thing that God made me such an <laughs> analytical um, because I wouldn't be able to uh, survive with such spontaneity around me. I think, you know, I'm surrounded by Kim, you know, mm-hmm. my wife, um, very spontaneous. Pastor Jim, you know. That guy is just <laughs> nuts. <laughs> I I love Pastor Jimmy, and my favorite part about him, um, other than, like, the deep mentorship stuff, um, is that he will make a plan at the church like we'll be we'll we'll be talking about like the drum riser for example we we talked about it you know 
for like a couple months, we kind of like tossed around the idea of like rearranging the stage and putting the drum riser up, bringing the drums out on stage, all that stuff. And, you know, one week he just kind of calls me and he's like, hey, uh, are you, you guys ready to do that? Like, are we doing that next week or whatever? I'm like, well, I don't know about next week, but like, yeah, we're ready yeah. to do it. Let's get started on it. And I'm like, you know, hey, on Tuesday, I'll let's build that thing. And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll set out some time to do it Tuesday. And Monday, I'm driving through town, and I see him working at one of his properties, and he's building the drum riser. It's already done. I'm like, <laughs> what? He's like, oh, yeah, I just uh, I saw this lumber sitting over here i had these i had these already and thought you know i could just use those i'm not going to use those for for yeah. anything else yeah. and he's already got this thing built it's bigger than we designed which i'm cool with but he's he's just like is oh we just let's just do it right now yeah. um any anything like that he's like oh yeah let, let's uh let's plan that and then before anybody has time to plan it pj's already he's done with it, it he's like oh yeah i already yeah. did that so but, there's a lot of that yeah that. um and, you know, with any, um, every time that you plan, there's always things that happen that uh, didn't go according to plan. And, you know, you just have to know, um, you got to be able to ship on time. And you keep the end goal in mind. You shift on the fly. You make changes as necessary but you still keep marching toward the final um, plan. And so I, I believe, you know, planning is such an important part to me. Yeah. Uh, thank, thankfully, you know, that's my role here. And like you said, Pastor Jim and Pastor Bill are absolute polar opposites. <laughs> and, you know, that was by God's design. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, I see so much the roadmap that God had in mind when I was resisting him, mm -hmm. you know, outside of the little block, block church, you know, uh, cinder block church. I, I see that he had a, this plan all along. Yeah, he already had it figured out. We were trying to catch up. But yes, we see so much of our lives just in the moment and mm -hmm. not seeing the 10,000 foot view. God's right, right. And but God had a plan. You know, He knew that um, Pastor Jim was going to be a super powerful force, uh, making things happen. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, He was going to need a super power force of being able to plan, mm -hmm. get the parachute open. Yeah. And, um, so Him and I work really well together. But you know, I. After you've been around someone, work side by side with them for 25 oh, yeah. years, you get pretty good at working together. Yeah, that's you awesome. Know? It's cool that you guys kind of choked each other out yeah. over 25 years. You know, I, funny thing, Pastor Jim and I have always been friends. Um, yeah. Always admired each other and the strengths that we brought, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that he allows me to be me, and I allow him to be him, and that um, we see, we value each other's strengths, knowing that together, when we work together, we can be a superpower force. Yeah, you guys are dangerous. 
we can be dangerous in that, especially when we get on top of scaffolding. Oh and stuff man, like that's that. the the running, the running joke and fear of everybody at this church is walking in and seeing PJ and Bill up on three sets of, and it's not like real scaffolding. It, I mean, it's it's scaffolding, but it's the lightweight, not uh, it's not an eight by eight. No, and three three heights of that so they're 25 foot up in the air plus they've got a ladder on top of that pj's hanging off trying to change a light bulb or or whatever yeah we don't take pictures during those during those times because insurance would drop us i always say that's the litmus test to be able to work insurance (laughs) that's right climb three flights of scaffolding and hang off that's right by one arm Uh, that's awesome and so um Kind of going back to you talked about being the being in charge of the more administrative roles and all that kind of stuff with the church, um, and we've talked about where the church needs to go and where it, where you see it going and and all that. Um, what kind of is your? I just want to hear from you about your perspective on the kind of behind the scenes jobs at at the church, um, or anywhere really, um, that planning job is kind of a behind the scenes. Everybody sees the guy who jumps off the building, but they didn't see the guy who packed the parachute type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what what kind of is your perspective on that? What would you say to people who have those jobs um, that are kind of more in the background um, that actually make the things happen? Um, what would you say to them, kind of warning them about like the idea of getting burnt out from being in that position or being tucked away in the closet or or whatever the, whatever the case is um and just kind of you know what would you what would you say to those type of people and what what is your perspective on those jobs how important they are and and the attitude that has to come with those well you know i i don't say it very often Sometimes being the behind-the-scenes guy is a tough role. Yeah, um, totally. When someone thinks about current church, um, the behind-the-scenes guy is unseen. Right. Um, gets very little credit. Um, you, you just don't think about that person. But, you know, Scripture says that those people, that part of the body, is the most important, one of the most important things. And you have to just continue to keep your eyes on fulfilling what God has given you to fulfill. That um, not everybody can be in the limelight. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy my fair share of limelight. I'm, I'm not um, smothered under anything by any means. Um, but I'm also not the center focus. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to keep your mind right and realize that God's going to bless you mm-hmm. um, for doing what you do. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think to add to that kind of, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day about um, I don't remember what it was about, actually, but it, it was with the Hillsong guys, and, and Joel said something about, um, 
if you hear God speaking, or if you if you hear like like it's when you hear the same word over and over again, or a word that you didn't know a week ago, and all of a sudden like you heard it five times this week, um, that's probably not the world telling you something. That's probably mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And so I just kind of feel like um, this thing just keeps yelling at me, and you keep saying it, and some, you said it on Sunday. Um, Pastor Jimmy said it last week. Um, someone else said it on a podcast this week. Um, and so I just keep hearing it a lot, and Maddie and I talk about it a bunch, have talked about it a bunch this week. Um, the idea of I'm not here for me. Mm-hmm. It's not all about me. Um, you know, your life isn't about you. I mean, it, it, it is to a, to an extent, but that's not why you were created for you. You that's were, right. you know, you were created for other purposes, for other people, for God's purpose. Um, and so I think just that kind of say to the background job stuff and to the people who are in the limelight, both sets, you know, they're both tough places to be and they're both, uh, not about you in any way. Right. Um, and you know, I think uh, I, I asked Pastor Jim last time when we recorded his podcast um, about, you know, kind of how he deals with that, like, idea of am I allowed to be up here in the spotlight? Am I allowed to be in front? You know, a guy that's in front of a couple hundred people every week of the year, um, you know, it would be easy for them to think, oh, this is about me mm-hmm. or also be really easy for someone in the background to think oh you know i wish this was about me or or this Mm -hmm. is about me either way um, it's an easy mindset to get into i just think that god keeps saying that whole it's not about me this is not why i'm here i'm Mm -hmm. not why i exist um anyway i'm sorry to hijack that answer from you but that's just what i I just keep hearing that go over and over in my mind and I, i see it everywhere i'm like man uh, that must be important, so I had to, exactly had to throw right. that out there. You know, Matt, we've been created for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say we, I don't mean mankind. I mean Bill has been created for a purpose. Right, right. Matt has mm-hmm. been created for a purpose. And each one of our purposes are unique. Mm-hmm. They're different. And so I am most fulfilled. You know, I... I I tell this to young couples all the time. I do a lot of premarital counseling, which is very rewarding to me. Um, very thankful for all those that I'm able to sow into. Uh, but I, one of the things that I tell my young couples is to be very careful that your focus is right. And when I said a while ago that you need to keep your mind right, this is what I was talking about. Um, being behind the scenes, when you begin to look at someone else's life, like if I start looking at Pastor Jim thinking, mm-hmm. nobody knows, you know, everybody barely knows who Pastor Bill is, or um, Jim gets all the attention, or, you know, this or that, I, my, I begin to um, get out of whack. Mm-hmm. It's very important that I view things correctly and and I can remember being young married there were all these things that uh, Kim did that drove me crazy that I didn't quite like it frustrated me 
um, whether it was the way she folded the laundry or, you know, if she left the cabinet door open or, you know. And I can remember focusing on those things. And I'll never forget the day that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and basically reprimanded me. You know, we, we tend to focus on the things that uh, bother us. And when we do that as a, as a couple, um, it's very, very easy to begin to think about all the little things that they're not doing quite right. Mm-hmm. My gosh, it happened again. Here we go again. You know, it's frustrating to me. Um, my T-shirts are wrinkled, you know, what, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> We begin to focus on the negative things. We lose sight of, you know, someone may be doing 5% of things that we don't like Mm -hmm. or that we wish they would improve. We lose sight of the 95% that they're doing right. Mm -hmm. And so our focus must always be as a, human being or in a relationship or in our role that we're looking towards um, what people are doing right. Mm-hmm. You know, my focus has to be, you know, the things that I admire about him mm-hmm. versus the things that are driving me crazy. Right. And when we make that shift and get our mind right and our focus is right, we begin to tap into true happiness. Mm-hmm. And peace comes along with it. And the same thing applies to us. As we move through life, maybe we are that person who is behind the scenes and we're not getting um, in the middle of the limelight. But, you know, honestly, if I looked at all the things that... Um, circled around Pastor Jim and think that I'm getting left out or that I didn't get this or I didn't get that or um, I got overlooked or mm-hmm. this person didn't even know my name, whatever whatever that is, um, I can get off track. But I begin to look at, like I said a while ago, I, we were created for a purpose mm-hmm. individually. And I am most happy at when I am fulfilling right, when what you're God doing. has created me to do. Yeah. Even though I can look at Jim or we can look at someone and be envious. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to, to trick ourselves into thinking that what we think we want would make us fulfilled. Yes. And, you know, it's a cool cool realizations cool spot to be in when you realize actually what you know god created me for and what god is asking me to do even though it doesn't look like it to my human eyes it is going to fulfill me so much more than chasing after something that i think that i'm going to be happy doing or i think i'm going to be fulfilled doing Um, absolutely you know there's a there's talk out there about i can't remember what 
the program, you know, they talk about your one degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one degree out of, you know, 360 degrees, you were created for that one specific purpose, yeah. purpose and direction. And it's called your one degree. And finding that one degree is critical to your fulfillment, mm-hmm. your happiness. And so I believe that we, God has made us for a specific purpose and that we need to find our role, whether that is up front in the limelight. Maybe it is. But if it's not, this is where I'm most happy. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm most fulfilled. At the end of the day, I don't want uh, to necessarily be in the limelight. There's some benefits to being in the limelight. Right. But there's also some benefits to being where behind the scenes. Right. And some of that is I don't have people calling me every moment of every day Right. There are things that I just don't want to deal with. Um, Sorry, Pastor Jim, you get to deal with those. Yeah. And so um, we can begin, I can begin to look at Pastor Jim and think, man, I wish, you know, everybody knew me or I had the publicity that Jim has. But do I really want to uh, be as active forefront in the community as pastor jim is and the answer to that question is no No. (laughs) i am an introvert and so i don't want to do that even though there are benefits to what jim does Mm -hmm. there are lots of negative um they come with it comes with its woes yes and so i am very blessed to be where i am and i think you know satan comes along all the time and tries to tempt us throughout our lives oh yeah to get our focus off of um what is where do i fit what's my purpose and and what Mm -hmm. is god's will for my life and i love the fact that um god has given me the ability to know to see the good and the bad Mm -hmm. on all sides and to realize that man i'm super I don't want anything different. Mm-hmm. I don't want something to change. And, and I feel like that if God's got you in a role um, where you um, may be looking at, you know, well, so-and-so's got this, and, and I wish I had that. And, you know, there's some a lot of negative things that come with that. Mm-hmm. And um, be content what Paul said mm-hmm. with where you are and, and those roles behind the scenes are the most important mm-hmm. and especially when you realize that this is what I was created for absolutely and I am fulfilling my purpose I am running my race here and I am going to have those super abundant blessings if I continue down the course yeah just Find find your find your lane and stay in it. Stay in it. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Um, 
That's awesome. So my my last three questions for you, kind of uh, rapid fire style, I guess. Um, so w- what is your highest point of, of pastoring? What's the highest, um, your favorite part about pastoring or the most fulfilling part about being a pastor? Seeing lives touched. Seeing people gain control. Mm their lives seeing people changed i i always try every time someone's life is changed and you know god being able to be a part of god using me to enrich someone's life or change someone's life i always say it's, it's the essence of life itself for me, yeah. the keys to life, yeah. and I love that the most. That's awesome. And what is your lowest point of of pastoring? Your least favorite part of pastoring? My least favorite part. Um, you know, Matt. I all my life I have been. I am in the forefront a lot, but I don't necessarily want to be. Um, so it's kind of tricky answering that question because my least favorite part would be being in the forefront. <laughs> um, I've always tried to hide in the back, but the Holy Spirit has always said, you come up here <laughs> and even though it doesn't feel good that my my I battle my flesh um, mm-hmm. the human part of me says no don't do go. not get in front of people yeah, don't do, do not it. grab that mic and start talking um, it is where I find the most fulfillment so my least favorite part is my most fulfilling part which is kind of strange yeah um, hey that's but yeah. I I I tend to hide in the background um, or want to hide in the background. But when I do what God's called me to do, which is a lot of times requires me to be at the front, it becomes the most fulfilling. So it's kind of a kind of tricky. Kind of a whose priorities are more important yes. than Bill's or, yes. Bill's or Jesus's. Um, that's awesome. And then my final question for you um, is your elevator pitch. What was your What would your elevator pitch be um, for having a relationship with Jesus? If you had sixty seconds to tell someone why they should have a relationship with Jesus, what would you say? My, that's a tough one. He didn't get to. He didn't get to script it. Yeah, I, I would have had this all. <laughs> you know what? The decision to follow Jesus was the hardest decision that I ever made in my life. But it was the most important. He will absolutely change everything about life as you know it. And everything in your mind that you feel going to be a loss will be tremendous gain 
You can never give up something to God and not receive a hundred times more than you even realize is there. It was the toughest decision, but the best decision I ever made. Following him has impacted every area of my life, my relationships, my work, um, my happiness, and my joy. And I thought it was going to be the death of me. And so, best decision I've ever made. Man, that's awesome. I, f- I feel like that w- that's a pretty convincing one. If, uh, if I got on an elevator with Bill and he told me that, because I just got goosebumps sitting here. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, all right. I think that uh, about does it for today. Um, Bill, thank you so much for hanging out and talking to me, Matt, talking to the people. Matt, for the opportunity. Yeah, it's a good time. We will uh, see you around. Yes, and sir. we'll see the rest of you next time. God bless. All right, that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Wavemaker podcast. Don't forget to look us up on Instagram at currentchurch.us or on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. and We hope this helped you in some way, helped you grow, helped you learn. And we hope it inspired you to go out and make some waves.